Hello, lovely people. Welcome to Walkie Talkie. I am here with uh, Abigail. And I'm here with Jochem. This is a podcast for students where each week we discuss a topic related to student life or whatever else is going on in our lives. We review a topic and speak of our experiences with it and it's a great way to relax between your studies. And yeah, the podcast is uh, called Walkie Talkie because, oh well, yeah, uh, we walk and talk. And the topic for this week's episode is cooking part two. Abigail, we are back uh, with also back. A nice. We're back with a return uh, of a previous sort of topic that we really like to discuss, and that also lots of people uh, listened to slash viewed. Uh, which is our topic of today is going to be cooking, as you already heard. Uh, yeah, cooking again. Right, last time we spoke about you know cooking. What do we do for cooking? Uh, you know why it's a nice topic anyway, and you know sort of student life. Uh, and cooking, I guess. And so we thought, let's do that again, because uh, since that time, uh, we have also evolved uh, and thought about uh, cooking more. And especially you, uh, Abigail, I mean, you're like the master chef now, right? <laughs> yeah, um, so I sent Joachim a picture yesterday of my very burnt pan au chocolat, which looked like a piece of charcoal that had come down the chimney. Yeah. It was so... Yeah. Burnt, which is ridiculous because I put it in the oven for three minutes, 180, and then it came out looking like a brick. And I was but like, why, why? Why, did you have to, why did you have to put it in the oven anyway? Uh, I mean, it was already, or did you actually make the whole thing yourself? I can't, I don't think so, right? No, mm. just got it from a bakery and it's uh -huh. cold and then it yeah. just heats up a little bit so the chocolate melts inside. But uh -huh. I had to like slice the burnt bit off at the top and then peel away the chocolatey dough in the middle but did you have the grill on or something it. i mean something shouldn't blacken that quickly i think, so. <laughs> I think you had the grill on yeah well my oven is just the grill and i, I, well, I don't know i just stick it in well, there don't i and um, another point i mean for the, the future if you want to preheat or reheat something i mean i'm not sure if you have to do that at 180 i mean it's quite hot to be uh, to be fair for reheating i've always put it one i've never put anything less than 180 though Oh, all right. I don't even know if it would cook properly. Well, you don't yeah, have to cook it up. because it was already cooked. <laughs> but I wanted but it yeah. warm. Maybe oh, I'll okay. it in the microwave instead. Yeah, but that's nasty. Then I would put it in the oven as well. But yeah, don't turn the grill on unless you want a nice piece of burnt charcoal um, to, uh, to get that to your side. Yeah. No, but on the other hand, I mean, Abigail, you also cook a lot. So, uh, you know, this... Yeah, it did show some of your capabilities, and you know, I was I was really uh, laughing out loud. LOL, uh, you know, I was uh, <laughs> I was enjoying that one. But yeah, today cooking. So first, uh, you know, sort of, I think it's a great student topic because I remember as a student myself, you know, cooking was uh, you know very time consuming and but something that you had to learn because you always always lived at home, uh, so you had to learn it and you know, sort of start taking care of yourself. And it was quite a big thing. And then one of the downsides of that being a big thing is that lots of students uh, and, you know, young people in general, I guess, eat very unhealthy. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, 
spend a lot of money and spend a lot of time cooking and, you know, it's just become something very annoying. Whereas I think, you know, it shouldn't be. Uh, I'm not claiming to be some sort of master chef myself, but I did develop, especially for this uh, uh, episode today, my own cooking theory, which I'm going to explain a little bit later to you because, you know, I'm still a researcher. So I developed my own uh, Jochem's HEC cooking theory. Um, and I'm going to explain that later. Uh, but that's why the episode, Abigail, since that last episode, right, which we got a lot of positive feedback on, did you do anything new in terms of uh, cooking since our last episode? Um, <clears throat> I think that I've been a lot more into like Korean and Japanese cooking lately, or like watching a lot of videos with about Korean cooking. Um, cause I really like the variety of dishes and, um, you know, I watch a lot of people that do like their stuff in like 10, 15 minutes and it doesn't take too long. Um, cause I, I'm fascinated by videos that are like, you know, the 15 hour mm. potato, but I'm like, it's a potato. It's still going to taste like a potato after 15 hours. And the energy bill of your oven is going to be astronomical. So I'm always like, I just want something quick and easy, 10, 15 minutes. So a lot of the Korean Japanese recipes will be like noodles and then they can put something like an egg on top or something kind of fermented like a sauerkraut or a kimchi. Um, and uh, one of the things I have uh, been doing lately is not really a recipe, but like a snack. Mm -hmm. So I'll get like um, like a fillet of mackerel um, and you buy them cold, but I like to warm it up. Uh, there's a trend here. I like to warm things up. Um, so I had to warm up the mackerel and then I'll wrap it up in like a, like a little sprout, like a, a monge two sprout. So mm -hmm. get the monge two mackerel, wrap it up, do a little thing and then dip it in like mango and chili sauce. And it's a really nice post-workout snack because you've got the protein from the mackerel and then it's just like super light on the tummy. Nice. So that's one of the snacks I've been liking. Or like Ooh. a cucumber maki sushi roll. A Anything cucumber light. maki sushi roll. Wow. What's Mackie? I think it's just the name of the roll. That's what it's called. Ah, all right. But you know, you have but... like a California roll or like a Mackie roll. Like I think it's just called. Ah, already, already. Okay. I don't know. Beautiful. All right. So Korean cooking. Yeah, that's not something that's really in my game, actually. So that's a nice thing. Uh, do you have like, you know, beyond these, uh, these ones, like maybe a suggestion of uh, where to actually look this up? So you said, you know, where can I find the recipes like the ones that you just gave? Um, so just YouTube, basically go onto YouTube and you can look up like quick and easy Korean recipes. There's a really good YouTuber, um, called Jen Im. Jen Im. Um, so J-E-N-N-I-M-M, -I, I think, Jen Im. And, uh, she's like a Korean American YouTuber and she does loads of really good 15 minute quick and easy, um, recipes. And she has a baby as well. So she's like kind of got a similar thing to a student doesn't have a lot of time you know she's kind of multitask um and they're really healthy recipes as well uh like you notice with japanese and korean cooking it's there's not a lot of fat like saturated fat um and a lot of the stuff is really good for your gut so that's why i quite like that kind of inspired um recipes um so yeah you could also um i suppose look up like wagamama i know it's like really commercial but they have their own like book um mm and kind of recipes and things like that. Um, I mean, I'm saying these as like super commercial things. I mean, you could probably find more authentic, actual Asian uh, YouTubers and people who actually do this stuff. 
Um, but I really like the recipes because I think they're really good for you. And I particularly like Japanese recipes because they use a lot of mushroom. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've been really into like researching mushrooms and I sound like a geek, but mushrooms are so good for you. Little shivers, they're so good for you. Like oyster, um, shiitake and lion's mane, which is like amazing, great thing for you. They're like adaptogens for the body. They're really good. And you can put like a teriyaki glaze on them. Um, Yeah. So. I totally see that. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, I don't know much about the health sort of aspect of, uh, of mushrooms, but I do agree that basically almost in any dish, uh, except for, well, breakfast, well, you can put them with eggs, but, you know, mushrooms really fit with many, many things. So they're really good sort of basically like tomatoes. They also tomatoes, they, they fit everything, right? Um, so <laughs> tomato, uh, <laughs> tomato, tomato <laughs> uh, mushroom, mushroom. Anyway, uh, mushrooms, they, they fit a lot of things and they're a great sort of thing to basically have, uh, you know, in your, uh, in, your, in your fridge or you can even freeze them, I guess, and just have them with you. Probably they don't taste as nice, but they're, you know, they're pretty cheap. Um, yeah, so I, I do see your point of, of using them quite a lot. And yeah, uh, apparently they're super healthy, which, uh, which I think is true. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to know a fun fact about mushrooms? Go for it. Always. They are like vitamin D creators. So if you have a mushroom and you stick it out in the sun, they will like create vitamin D and then you eat it and then you get all the vitamin D. Oh, really? They're really thought... spectacular little creatures. I didn't know that. And I need to check that out because I thought you could only take vitamin D by being in the sun. So, you know, I didn't know that, uh, that you could actually also capture them in like uh, in food. Yeah, a lot of your food has vitamin D. Oh, really? Um, okay. And you also get like vitamin D fortified oat milk or cereal. Yeah, this. so basically plants are just brilliant for us and have everything we need. Okay, cool. So. Well, you know, uh, there you go. Go to your local supermarket and get some mushrooms. Actually, cool. I mean, when I was younger, uh, I had a friend and um, who lived uh, next door and his parents had like this sort of holiday home in uh, France. Uh, so... Uh, oftentimes I would uh, come during the holiday, like Easter or whatever, I would uh, go with them uh, to that uh, to that place for a week or so. Uh, and during autumn, we would always go, you know, to the forest. And one of the uh, their family members who also lived there was a biology teacher. And she knew everything about mushrooms. So we would go to the forest and actually go gather mushrooms ourselves. So we would be uh, like on the hunt. Uh, and then, you know, find them, uh, ask her to come to sort of check out if they're actually ones that are edible and sort of, you know, not, uh, not poisonous. Uh, and I swear to God, uh, you know, then we would take them and his mom would make a risotto with mushrooms. I would still, you know, uh, oh, I would travel the world for that, really. Boom. You know, with own picked mushrooms, you know, you cannot believe how weird that is, but, you know, and probably it's, a lot of it is sort of, mental side of things but it just stays so nice you know it came fresh from the forest you worked for it all day walking around running around getting them and really uh, so you know i wish i had the knowledge to actually be able to do that and maybe once i'm uh, done and uh, retired in uh, a million years from now i'm actually think uh, you know that will be something that i actually would want to learn you know if you can pick it yourself that's super awesome i guess yeah. I'm actually trying to learn this now because my mum was super obsessed with mushrooms and had like a little book uh, with like watch mushrooms are edible because we had a lot that grew in our garden. Oh. And I would go around and like 
look for the mushrooms because I was like, I want to be like a mushroom fairy and I can like know all the mushrooms. Nice, so nice, I would like yeah. love to do that. I think I, I would like the idea of like foraging your own food or like working for food. Like when I eat a pomegranate and I like pick all the seeds out, I feel like I like the manual labor mm-hmm. of it. And then I eat yeah. the fruit and it's like, this is how you're meant to have food, you know, like yeah. not in a packet, but like proper just from the earth. No, it gives some satisfaction to do some work and then get it right. And especially with pomegranate, it's also much, just tastes much better if you, if you get it from actual, the, the plant and not in a prepackaged sort of thing. So, and it's cheaper also, by the way, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I do agree with you. On that note, by the way, I think, you know, if you have time, uh, you can always look at, there's like these old episodes of uh, Jamie Oliver at home. And then I guess if you put into YouTube or Google, you know, Jamie Oliver at home mushrooms, he has like this great episode where they also go out and picking mushrooms themselves. And, you know, they cook in the forest and everything is so romantic and nice. But yeah, and that is, you know, in Britain. So, you know, uh, in the UK, you can definitely do that as well. So. That's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, go mushrooms. Let's go. Hey, oh, mushrooms, mushrooms. Mushroom power. <laughs> mushroom power. Let's go. Um, cool, cool. Yeah. So for me, also since last time, right? Uh, last time I shared a recipe on my favorite sort of uh, vegetarian pasta bolognese. So you know, tomatoes. You can look it up. It's like the second episode, I guess, we made. Uh, but since then, I'm also, you know, I gotten even more efficient in cooking. I was already quite sort of, you know, tried to make it not too time consuming, but uh, I even made it more efficient uh, now. Uh, so since then, I've really looked up recipes uh, with things that you can prepare in advance that, you know, will stay good for a couple of days uh, and that, that you can also eat for multiple days. Uh, so now, you know, today... Um, for example, in this week, I only cook like maybe two or three times and I always cook for multiple days. Uh, and that means also that I only have to go to the, to the grocery uh, store, to the supermarket, like only once per week. So I go on like Saturday or Sunday and just do a whole bunch of, uh, of shopping for a whole week. Uh, and then you only have to cook like three times. Uh, and that saves so much time and energy knowing that, uh, you know, uh, Abigail, you're now, it's almost like five-ish. It's almost six, right? And at six, I'm always a little bit like feeling down because I know that I still need to cook and that takes so much time, et cetera, et cetera. And now I already know that I don't need to cook tonight, right? And that saves so much energy if you're not cooking every day uh, and it doesn't take a lot of time uh, to go shopping, you know, back to the supermarket, back again, back again, back again. It's just, I found that so frustrating to walk uh, or in other means go to a supermarket all the time so i decided you know i only want to go once per week uh, and this is what i've been changing so i've now I have many recipes that are basically you know can stay good for a very long time um, and also one big change that i made is uh, i started to buy more frozen food for uh, budget purposes all right i wanted to save mm-hmm. a little bit of money uh, and yeah frozen food you know i sort of yeah, and now, you know, looked into that and actually it's really good. Like broccoli, cauliflower, beans in general, all of them, they are so nice from the freezer, you know, from uh, from the frozen food section in your supermarket. So 
and actually also much fresher, uh, much more uh, vitamins and whatnot in them. So, you know, that is definitely something that I've also found out since last time, you know, buy stuff from the freezer if it's there. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I agree. I've been trying to do that as well. Like, um, I think I said last time, like, I never know what I can freeze and what I can't. And um, I I don't know. I mean, I know it's for budget purposes, but I, I still prefer having fresh food. But yeah, I mean, I only do a shop once a week as well. And I still cook like every day. Yeah, so. okay. Well, uh, you know, therefore, maybe my theory uh, that I'm going to explain next uh, is going to be helpful a little bit there. But also, by the way, about that fresh thing, right? That's actually interesting because one of the things that is, let's say you do broccoli, right? And you have broccoli in the freezer uh, versus broccoli that's just in the fresh part of the supermarket. The, diff the thing is that actually that broccoli in the freezer, right, it was sort of harvested and then immediately it got frozen. Um, so there's like one day basically between well, maybe less between harvesting and your eating, because in the meantime, it was just laying still as, as long as it was, you know, quickly and properly frozen. Now with that other uh, thing that you buy fresh, sometimes it's like three, four, five days since it was harvested and lying in the supermarket. So it already mm. turned, you know, less fresh, you could say, because it got old. It's been traveling sometimes all over the world. Uh, and actually, if you, if you sort of count down in terms of, how long it has been since it was harvested, surely, uh, you know, in terms of freshness, you could argue that actually the frozen stuff is more fresh than uh, the other one, depending, of course, on how you look at it. But yeah, there, you know, I, what I've seen, and I think this was from the BBC, but I saw it on YouTube that they took like different vegetables and then they looked at the vitamin content of each of them in frozen and in fresh, quote unquote, mm. uh, uh, products and actually for many of the frozen that was much higher than it was for those uh, fresh quote unquote uh, uh, products because of that traveling and they're losing that uh, their qualities as they uh, sort of dry in and whatnot yeah the only thing with frozen food uh, specifically fruit not so much vegetables is if they have something like um uh like a virus like a sickness bug on fruit, mm. uh, frozen fruit, and you don't tend to wash frozen fruit because you just let it sort of, which say you put it in some overnight oats or whatever, yeah. you just let it do whatever. The virus stays there. Mm, Whereas mm. if it's on fresh fruit, you wash it off, which is why I'm always just a little bit funny about frozen fruit because that tends to be where you get things like norovirus and stuff like that, you know, like the oh, right. bug is from frozen yeah. fruit. Yeah. So, yeah, here's me again with my emetophobia that you don't believe is actually real, but. <laughs> No, but it good point. Then, then I think, yeah, as you say, right, maybe you should wash your frozen fruit as well. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, because, you know, you don't Just really do that. Just and then give it a little rinse over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same as you would do with fresh uh, stuff, because you always wash that because people have touched it and what's not. Yeah. But actually, we should also applaud uh, Abigail for being here because she already had a little bit of a tummy ache uh, this uh this afternoon so you know yeah, she's hanging in there uh you know staying strong but i'm fine uh, yeah. now i'm fine now completely weird maybe it was the burned <laughs> the burned uh, uh pain au chocolat <laughs> it wasn't the like 10 to 12 peanut butter cups i ate today <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might also be a problem there you go <laughs> they're so tiny though you just feel like you get away from yourself and then you're like oh shit there's only two left in the bag Mm, yeah, no, I know that problem. I know that problem. But then, you know, I would say just kill them all and, you know, feel good about yourself. And then, you know, 
people get so angry. These things are difficult, uh, difficult not to eat once you have them. The problem is with buying them, right? You just want to try and leave them at the store. But anyway. So, especially for this lovely podcast, um, you know, if you may remember, I am in my full-time job, I am a researcher uh, in business administration. So I can't help thinking of, you know, theoretical constructs, things, etc. And I thought uh, for today, I would develop and actually share with you, but I developed my own funny little uh, cooking theory called uh, Jochem's HEC theory. So HEC. Um, and these, of course, stand for subcomponents. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pretty fond of it. I've got HEC. You know, funny thing is that I actually thought about it when being in the gym uh, lifting weights. So that's apparently a good place to do research or think about it. Because I was thinking about the episode, what I wanted to discuss. And then I thought, oh, that's actually a funny theory that I, uh, that I have here. So it's called HEC. H stands for, and, you know, if you want to take notes at home, please be my guest. Uh, H stands for healthy, healthy foods. E stands for easy or efficient, but easy cooking, healthy, easy. And C stands for cheap, healthy, easy, cheap. That's my cooking theory. Oh, it's not so much a theory, I guess. It's more like a wisdom. That's a great description of me. You're healthy, (laughs) easy, easy and cheap. cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Can you explain why, Abigail? <laughs> because I'm healthy and easy to get along with. And, uh, you know, I clearly like a budget. It's obvious, isn't it? Ah, all right, all right, all right. In that way. Okay. Yeah. Healthy, easy, and cheap. <laughs> that is my cooking theory and Abigail's personality. So, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. No, and, uh, you know, most of the recipes and the things that I cook follow this sort of three components that, you know, they're healthy, they're easy to make, uh, they don't take a lot of time, and they're cheap. Um, and, you know, this is, I think, something that, that also greatly fits students, but basically people everywhere, uh, if you're cooking, you know, follow those three things uh, when you're looking for recipes. They're healthy, they're easy to make and cheap, because, and especially the easy to make is so important. Well, the healthy too. I mean, fries are easy to make, but they're not healthy. Uh, but, you know, there are many healthy things uh, that you can, they're actually so easy to make and it doesn't need to take up a lot of time. And then also they're quite cheap if you know what you're getting. Uh, so healthy, easy and cheap. And uh, for today, um, I looked up two of my recipes that I would love to share with everybody at home. Uh, it's going to be tough because, of course, we're an audio podcast. So I'm just going to describe them a little bit and how you make them. Uh, and I have one sort of for in the morning and one for the evenings. Uh, so if you're listening, right, this is awesome to make and it, it will save you so much time. It's healthy, easy and cheap. And the first, uh, Abigail, you may know this, uh, the first recipe is about overnight oats. Um, I'm not sure if you Yay, know them. I love overnight oats. Yeah. Boom. I love them. Overnight oats. So if you don't know what overnight oats are, these are meals that you basically make in the evening before you go to bed. You leave them overnight in the in the freezer in the in the fridge. How is it called? The freezer or the fridge? What's the difference, Abigail? Uh, well, the freezer is like ice cold, and the fridge is just cold. Oh, so you fridge. leave them in the fridge. Yeah, the fridge, and there overnight they're gonna be sort of nice and marinating, and all the flavors are gonna get to, uh, together. And then in the morning, when you wake up, you're like, oh yeah, I need breakfast, but I also need to hurry up, etc. There's already something there for you. 
right? It's there. You already made it. And it's been, you know, sort of nice. Uh, so you take it out, leave it a little bit um, or not, just eat it directly, uh, but it's there. And one recipe that I have uh, for overnight oats is uh, basically in the evening, right? Uh, grab a bowl. This is for two persons. I eat it for one person, but you can share or you can leave it for two days. Um, grab a bowl. And it's important, by the way, that you have a weight scale. So anyway, also students, right? And we know Abigail doesn't have it, but <laughs> any, any supermarket has a weight scale for less than 10 pounds or dollars or euros. So, you know, just grab that. It will help a lot with anything that you want to make. And it's, it's a good buy to have. So just buy the cheapest skill you can get, uh, you know, even if they're not super precise, you'll get there, but it's important to have. So bowl on the, on the, on the weight scale, uh, 250 milliliters of your favorite milk. That can be oat milk, almond milk, soya milk, uh, even normal milk. Uh, you can also do water. I've tried it with water as well. 250 milliliters of that. Just dump it in the bowl. Nothing to worry about. Then throw on top of that 100 gram of oats. Uh, 100 grams of oats. Uh, and basically buy the cheapest ones in the bottom shelf of the supermarket. Uh, you know, don't go for fancy Quaker oats and whatever. All of that you're just paying for marketing. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Oats are Agreed. the most basic product. All right. You can't screw them up. There's nothing different with Quaker and, you know, the, the local supermarket brand. Just get it. For this meal, you know, and especially overnight oat, I would uh, recommend like these sort of thick oats or rolled oats, they are called. A little bit thicker ones, uh, but you also have those very thinly shaved ones. Works with those as well. It doesn't really matter. But if, if you have a, a choice, go for the rolled oats, but only if they're not uh, much more expensive than the other one. Uh, but look for the cheapest one in the bottom shelf of the supermarket. If you have to buy a kilo, buy a kilo. You know, you can make this meal 10 times and then you're good off. Don't go for sachets or whatever. Just buy the big bag, take it home, uh, and it's going to be good for you. Um, there you go. You know, smash the oats with the with the, with the water or whatever else you have there. The milk. Uh, throw in two tablespoons of peanut butter. Uh, you know, the cheapest one you get if you like, or the ones that you already have. Uh, top it off with the fridge. Uh, top it off with something and put it in the fridge. So you put like maybe uh, you know a pan lid on top of it or plastic foil. Bam! Throw it in the fridge. Go to sleep. Uh, then you're done. In the morning, you wake up. Uh, take it out of the fridge. It's all nice and sort of marinated now. All of the oats become soft because before they're very, you know, sort of sturdy still. You throw in 100 grams of blueberries and half to one banana slices, which you can slice in advance as well when you put them in the freezer. I put all my fruit, almost all my fruit, but especially bananas and blueberries, I just throw them in the freezer. Uh, so half banana, uh, 100 grams of blueberries and all other fruit that you have laying around, you know, that's going to, you know, go bad anyway, just throw it in. Uh, you know, you can use it. You don't have to use blueberries. You don't have to use banana, just whatever uh, fruit you have. Then you can add some sweets uh, if you want to. You don't have to, but if you're, you know, if it's maybe a little bit too, uh, too uh, bland for you in the morning still, throw in some honey or some sugar or, uh, you know, a sweetener if you want to. It, it's not necessary, but if you want to, you know, it will give a little bit more flavor, a little bit more sweetness in the morning. And there you have it. Boom. Overnight oats. Easy to make. Boom. Boom We're right? the same person because I literally had this this morning. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, um, I have it in the freezer now uh, for tomorrow. I already made it today. You know, you can make it even, you know, for 24 hours in advance. It will stay good. 
I have one, okay, so I would pretty much use the same recipe as you. However, I would make one vital difference. I add chia seeds because they are a great bulking agent and they pad out. They're also yeah. fantastic for you. And they, they could be your healthy part of the HEC because yeah. the Mayans used to call them the immortal seed that they would basically promote immortality because they were so good for you. Um, totally. And they're really totally. wonderful. Um, so yeah, I would do everything you did with it, but with chia seeds, so that's what I did this morning. Um, and I also have blueberries with raspberry as well, mm. because raspberry is super potent, right? And it will like really seep into the oats and the chia seeds. And then yeah, a little bit of honey, um, and then you can maybe top it off with some like seeds or granola. Um, but yeah, overnight oats are great and you can like, uh, diversify them however you want. Um, and yeah, super cheap as well. Like you said, you get like a pot of chia seeds for like four pounds and it will last you for ages because they're tiny and they bulk. Uh, porridge oats are super cheap. You can get frozen fruit, like a frozen mango, um, mango slices and stick that in the fridge. And then once they're like defrosted, put them in the overnight oats in the morning. Um, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. Super great recipe. I didn't put those in because for me, uh, I can't always find them cheap. Uh, and it's also for students, right? They might be a little bit over budget, but nowadays they are becoming more and more common. And hence, uh, you know, because they're more common, also uh, prices are going down. So yeah, I do yeah, agree that it's a bad. great addition. Uh, and also a small tip on that. If you can't find them cheap in your supermarket, go look online. Uh, if you can find them there in like big bags and typically they come much cheaper online. Uh, and you can buy just like a kilogram or whatever of, uh, of chia seeds. And then it doesn't, it's, it's not too, uh, too, uh, too expensive. Uh, but yeah, you know, definitely good addition. They double in size as well. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they will double stuff in you size. Up. So yeah, they will stuff you up. Yeah. They will, they will. So they look like a tiny little thing, but then you put them in the water, they, they puff up. There you go. So. And look, if this is not your morning breakfast, right, you can also take this to work. You just put it in, uh, you know, a little, uh, a little, uh, whatever, uh, uh, plastic, uh, uh, cup, whatever with a, with a lid. How is it called? Like a mason. You can put me in like a mason jar, which is what I do because I can't eat when I get up. So I wait till like 10 o'clock to eat my breakfast in like a there mason you jar. You take it with you in a jar. You can even put it in an old uh, old glass uh, pot from, for example, peanut butter. You can make it in them and just take it to work. Yeah. Eat it from there. Uh, yeah. Take it in your Tupperware thingy uh, to work. Uh, you know, all of that. Eat it whenever you want. You can take it for lunch. All of it's so great because it doesn't take time. You just make it in the evening. And seriously, I made it last night. I think it doesn't take more than two minutes to make, you know, 250 milliliters of yeah, true. something, 100 grams of oats, two tablespoons of peanut butter, smash it in the fridge, done. Uh, freezer, fridge, done. Yeah. Boom. There you go. So that's the first one that I want to promote here. Uh, so again, if you're keeping a recipe here, I'm just going to quickly give you the ingredients. 250 milliliters of oat milk, almond milk, soya milk, or water, 100 grams of oats, two tablespoons of peanut butter, 100 grams of blueberries, and something with a banana or any other fruit you have laying around, and some sweeteners. Boom, there you go. Easy to make. All right, another one that follows my HEC theory, health, healthy, easy, cheap, is, uh, and I discovered this like a couple months ago, are tray bakes. Do you know them, Abigail? Tray bakes? I do. I do indeed. Yeah, do you I make them? Bake. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Well, it's in and the oven, so be careful them. there. Be careful there, Abigail, oh. because this is for <laughs> in the oven. Burn them. <laughs> you would probably burn them. Uh, don't put your oven 
I would burn water. Oh wow! Literally. Well, you're and me. You're also burning me. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah, burn water. That's impressive. Uh, you know, this sounds like you know you're like you know some sort of uh, holy person if you can burn water. So uh, yeah, I'm fond of. That. I'm actually it's an exceptional double bluff. I'm actually a real Martha Stewart. I just like to play it up for the laughs. I'm actually great at cooking, obviously. Ah, uh, that's you can just nice. Tell you I'm, are. Fantastic. <laughs> you are? No, uh, I think you are. Uh, and you know what you're doing in the kitchen. Actually, you have also, you know, Abigail has a great kitchen, which is also full with all kinds of awesome, uh, you know, equipment, like mixers. And, you know, she has a massive uh, fridge as well, which is impressive. Uh, so, yeah, no, Abigail is a great chef. It's, yeah, she's a great chef. Uh, but tray bakes, right? Tray bakes are super nice. They follow the theory of healthy, easy, fish, uh, cheap. Because you can make a whole bunch of them. And seriously, the only thing that you need is a tray and, well, an oven. So you don't need to screw around with pots and pans and everything, right? Just a tray uh, and you smash it all in the oven and it, you know, it's, it's sort of done there. So in this recipe that I'm going to share with you on tray bakes, it takes 20 minutes in the oven. Uh, and in the meantime, you can do whatever you want. You can play, you know, a bit of FIFA. You can go onto Instagram. You can watch YouTube videos. You don't have to even look at the thing. You just wait for the, the beep to go, and then you're done. You can start eating. So I love that recipe because it's so easy. You work for 10 minutes, smash it in the oven, and then after 20 minutes, you can eat, which is, you know, my easy slash efficient uh, uh, way of cooking, which I love. Um, so, yeah, tray bakes. Unlike uh, again, like a risotto, you can make a tray bake risotto if you like. This one is going to be more like a pasta uh, thing no, that I'm going to share. <laughs> you can make a tray bake risotto, risotto if you needy. want. Yeah, but risottos were like, don't leave because I will stick to the pan. Like every time you go to leave the room, it's like, I'm sticking to the pan. Like, well, oh, this is funny that you mind. say that because actually uh, there are two types of risotto makers. I've learned from an Italian chef. You have the old school risotto makers that continuously throw in like new uh, stock to the risotto rice, uh, right? So every time like a ladle of stock, stir it around, wait until it's burning and then another, la uh, another ladle of stock and blah, blah, blah. You also have another type which just says, throw all of the stock in at once and just let it go. Uh, and then it will also become a nice risotto. So there are two types. You have the old school type and the new school type. And I would be the new school type because I don't have to stand, you know, with the pan and, you know, look at it all the time. You just throw in the stock and let it, uh, let it simmer. Mm. So risotto can yeah. be quite efficient, but not always. But yeah, it, it is one of those recipes which wouldn't follow my theory because it's not easy to make. It's very time consuming. But uh, yeah, risotto is not great. Hence why I said, unlike a risotto. <laughs> unlike a risotto. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, totally, That's totally. Unlike a risotto. risotto. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, so tray bake for this one recipe that I found, especially for your students at home and any other people that are listening, uh, I'm going to firstly quickly give you the ingredients uh, so that you know a little bit what I'm up to. Um, I hope this is still interesting, by the way. Are, Abigail, are you still interested in this recipe? Uh, no, I clocked out an hour ago, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I'm trying to share some wisdom here. All right. Here we go. Uh, Abigail, please mute your mics. Uh, you know, please do go cook. I don't care. I'll just share with a lovely list. <laughs> Good one. Tray bakes. Here we go. Take one red onion. Uh, you know, the one that you have laying around. Uh, you go to the supermarket and buy 800 grams of gnocchi. 
that's like a pasta sort of thingy. Uh, and just buy them the local brand. You can get them fresh. You can get them uh, uh, dried. Buy the dried ones if you're on a budget. Uh, they're good. As long as you they're a bit soft and you can squeeze them. Buy 200 grams of feta. Uh, and sometimes they're called white cheeses as well. Uh, because that's, you know, the non-Greek name. Uh, that's basically the rip-off name. Just buy the, the white cheese. It's cheaper and it's the same damn thing. Buy 800 grams of tomatoes, just the ones uh, that are in, uh, you know, uh, that are the cheapest. Garlic, five toes, uh, and you need some olive oil, some salt, and some Italian herbs, and you need baking paper. That's all. All you need. See? Healthy. All of the stuff that I'm uh, talking about is healthy. And it's cheap as well because all of these things aren't super expensive. So this recipe will be, you know, below, uh, below 10, uh, 10, 10 pounds easy. And you can eat uh, three or four days from it or three or four people. So it's very cheap. There you go. Right. And the idea of this tray bake, uh, and Abigail knows this already, is you just have a big tray and you throw it in the oven and everything goes on there. And then afterwards you take it out and you eat it. So um, here you go with the recipe. Um, Abigail, you put your oven to 200 degrees Celsius. So not 180, 200. Okay. And you don't put it on grill. So you just put it on circulation heat. Okay. Okay. Which you should have also done, by the way, for your pan au chocolat. Uh, but that's, uh, you live and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's still a tale I didn't burn the house down <laughs> no I love that she and this is by the way a good thing right uh, cooking uh, requires some screwing up uh, because you learn from that so 200 degrees Celsius uh, and for our American listeners 392 degrees Fahrenheit what do you think of that for our American listeners because we know we have many American listeners so I also even put it for you we do yeah so here <laughs> is it for you in Fahrenheit 392 degrees Fahrenheit. So get the baking uh, tray out, uh, smash some baking paper uh, on top of it, just like, you know, this uh, stretch of paper. Then on one half of the tray, uh, you uh, throw all the sliced tomatoes. You, so slice the tomatoes, throw them there. Um, slice the onion uh, in whatever part you like. It doesn't matter. Throw it on the tomatoes. On top of that, throw uh, the block of feta. You don't need to slice it, just one punch. Throw it on there. That's one half of the baking tray. Other half of the baking tray, throw all the gnocchi um, on top of there. Then uh, take the, the skin of the garlic and throw the garlic as well on, on the baking tray, wherever you want. Doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe with the tomatoes, throw it over there. Uh, take the whole thing up, uh, put some oil on top of it and uh, smash it in the oven for 20 minutes at 200 degrees Celsius, uh, 392 degrees Fahrenheit. 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, take the whole tray out. Uh, you grab a fork and mix the tomatoes and the feta and the onion and the garlic together. Squeeze the garlics together with your fork. Uh, this will become like a sauce. Then mix the sauce with the gnocchi all on the tray. Get a big spoon, get four plates, throw it on the plates and you're done. How easy is that, right? You basically slice some stuff, throw it on a tray, put it in the oven, take it out and you're ready to eat. 30 minutes at max, of which 20 minutes you can gain. So you're only cooking for 10 minutes. The only problem I have with gnocchi is that it, they remind me of little mattresses. It's like a little bed mattress. They're so dense and puffy. And when you eat it, it's like, damn, I just swallowed my bed. Like, they're just very, 
Mm, I see that. Yeah, I see that. You know, not everybody likes them. I wasn't too fond of them as well. But in this recipe, I really like it because it's so efficient to make, so easy to make. So, But normally I go for another pasta. So what you can also do is just make the sauce on the tray. And in the meantime, you just uh, cook any other pasta you have for 10 minutes. And then you have the sauce from the oven and the pasta from the boiled water. And then you just throw that together. If you don't like gnocchi, you can do that as well. But it takes a little mm. bit more cooking because then you have to take out the pan and blah, blah, blah. You have to boil water. Uh, so why I like this recipe is because it can actually have the pasta in there as well. And he just heat it in the oven instead of in water. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you could uh, you could also do it uh, that uh, that way that you have another type of pasta. But the idea is, of course, that it's so easy to make. You just yank it in the oven, and you're you know you're just dancing with 20 minutes of freedom. Which normally you're you know doing all kinds of stirring and whatnot. You don't have to do that here, which is why I like the recipe uh, so much. Tray bakes again, more recipes. Just Google, you can find them. I love them. I make tray bakes, you know, every week. Uh, it's easy and you eat from it from days and it's just awesome. Boom. Have you ever, have you ever baked an egg in an avocado? Baked an egg in an avocado? Uh, like you cut the avocado in half and then you stick the egg in and then you put it in the oven and then it bakes the egg. You take it out, it's got the no, avocado. No, but that's a nice recipe. I would love that actually. I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. It's a Joe Wick recipe. You know, you know Joe Wicks, right? He's like no. British personal trainer, like super famous. He makes like he basically made like these fifteen-minute meals, um, mm. but then he would do like these little videos, like these fifteen-second. Mm. He was like before TikTok, basically made these fifteen-second things. You'd really like him, and he did like okay. an avocado egg thing with a bit of bacon Joe or Wick. something, or for the veggies, you could just have. Joe Wicks. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to, Joe Wicks. I'm going to look into that. Avocado egg. It does sound, you know, I mean, Joe it's Wicks. a great mixture. Avocado and egg does combine very well. And then again, all just in the oven. Easy. You just, you know, put an avocado in half, throw in an, an egg and you have a meal. A good snack. It's like super keto as well. Cause it's like really high fat content, but like avocado is healthy fat and eggs nah. are not necessarily bad fat either. So it would be really good if you're on like a keto diet or you're trying to up your fat content for, um, God, my English, uh, satiety, for satiety. Mm. Good call, yeah. No, have you ever had like a cappuccino out of an avocado? Oh, I saw a woman that does that. Have you seen her videos? No, She like does but... this little throat slit to the avocado and she's like, Ch and she's like, avocado, cappuccino, <laughs> and she'd pour the coffee in like, a hollowed out dragon fruit or a hollowed out avocado, but she starts oh. the video holding a piece of fruit with a knife and she goes like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this is, a, this is a way of, of drinking, right? If you don't have cups lying around, you can use an avocado skin to, to drink coffee from. Uh, yeah, if you want to. It's pretty crazy, but yeah, no. Which I often do because I don't wash the dishes. So kitchen roll, hollowed out avocado stem. <gasps> You just like go in the trash can. Oh yeah, here's a nice cup still. And then you have like an avocado skin and you can put like cappuccino in it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. No. Good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. No. Other, other cool recipes? I mean, you have much better ones. That's cool. Mm, not really. What did not I make really the other day? I made some Swedish cookies. Swedish, Swedish cookies, cookies. Yeah. They're called like, uh, they're like, fingerprint or thumbprint cookies. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I think they're called uh, halongrotto, which is like raspberry, strawberry, 
cookies and they're super nice and they just basically make like a normal cookie but then put like jam on them and then you can put your fingerprint on and like just they've got a card on them oh nice it's easy to make like really quick yeah and by the way abigail also makes the nicest ginger shots i do you had one of my yeah. ginger shots which was actually I a have. potion he doesn't know this but <laughs> <laughs> there you go no i was i was terribly sick then so abigail made me a nice uh, ginger shot because i lost my voice so uh yeah uh, that was really nice. But you also have a juicer, right? So this is what I was saying. Abigail has all this fancy equipment lying around in her home. So he, she has like a proper juicer. So yeah, awesome. Oh, this reminds me. I'm testing out a new way of juicing using a cafetiere. Oh. Like coffee cafetiere. Yeah. I think it does the same thing, basically. So there's like this product in America that like does juicing. It's like super convenient in a cafetiere, but they don't ship to the UK. So I was mm. like, okay, can I just buy a cafetiere and create this? And so I bought a cafetiere, like not a small one, it has to be quite a big one because you need to be able to put stuff in it. And I was like, let me try and juice some like beetroot and some orange, just some things that have a lot of vitamin C in, like citrus fruit. And uh, yeah, it works really well. Like you might still have to put it through like a towel, like you would like when you put, you know, ginger or whatever in the Nutribullet and then you squeeze it out. But mm -hmm. it actually works really well. And it's a super cheap way of uh, getting a juicer because a juicer can be £100. And if you're a student, you don't have that kind of money. But you can maybe spend £10 for, um, you know, a cafetiere or some kind of like coffee maker. And what, what's a cafetiere again? It's really quite good. How does that look like? A cafetiere, it's like, um, um, it's sometimes called a French press. Ah, oh, French press. So okay, it's yeah. like... Um, yeah, French press. Yeah, cafetiere. Yeah. Okay, so that's like so yeah, yeah, it's like a big glass and thing, and then you squeeze down like this 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 sort of filter uh, to press down coffee, and it becomes like a brew on top of it, and you use that as a as a juicer. But I, I would guess that the things that you're juicing then need to be pretty soft, right? I mean, you need to sort of squeeze them. So ginger ginger or so would be impossible. Um, you. You kind of can't put it in whole, basically. So you already have to put it in a smoothie and then put it through the cafetiere. So it's a two-step ah. process, right? So it's not like where you just put the, in the juicer, you just stick the apple in. And the thing with the juicer, it sounds super violent. It's really loud. With like a French press, you could already have this. And it's quite a pleasant experience, right? Yeah. Um, so if you're like in a place where you don't really want to be making a lot of noise, a juicer is going to be way too violent because it sounds like a meat grinder. Yeah. Um, it's just super loud. So put it in a smoothie or a Nutribullet. That, that defeats my point about the noise. Anyway, yeah, I don't... <laughs> put it in a smoothie maker and then stick it in a French press. And it's just like a quicker, cheaper way to do a juicer um, if you can't afford it. But I, I'm always a good advocate for a juicer. Yeah, you don't have all the mess with the, uh, with the uh, tea towel and whatnot, right? And all of the stuff in there, you need to wash it. You know, you can just, uh, this is much easier with the French press. And there's not loads of components to the juicer, which like, you know, here's a cautionary tale when you don't clean it straight away and you attract fruit flies and you can't get rid of the little fuckers because they multiply more than you can actually catch them. No. Uh, French press is easier to clean and, and, and much better. So here you go. So, yeah. Another nice example of the HEC theory, right? This is healthy, easy and cheap. Uh, your uh, your cafe cafeteria juicer method. 
we're so healthy, aren't we? We're so healthy. We should be like on the Food Network or something. Be like, hey, I we're know, like we are, we are. for like health. But look, <laughs> typically these healthy recipes, again, they require so much work, so much time, so much equipment. It's just boring, right? And you don't want to do that. So especially also when you're, you know, uh, working or student studying, right? You don't have all that time. So, you know, you want something easy and efficient. I like this method of using, you know, a cafeteria. But again, every supermarket will have it. It's super cheap uh, and you can use mm. it as a juicer and you just smash in some of your vegetables and fruits and press it and you have a nice, uh, and before that you use uh, the, the uh, sort of the, the mixer. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great technique and, you know, it gets you all of your, uh, your fruit. The, the only downside with this juicing is, of course, that uh, all of the fiber content and whatnot from the fruits, you don't have them because they, they will stay in like the pulp. So that, that's one downside. Yeah, that is a that is a downside, but um, it's also good for um, you know if you're like detoxing from something, yeah. <laughs> if you're like really hungover from the night before, <laughs> it's yeah. actually quite good to have like juice through. Um, totally. There was something years ago from a guy who coined something called the alkaline diet, and it was basically all about juicing. Uh, the only problem with juicing without the fiber content is that your body will process it as sugar. Um, well, we basically just process it super quick, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, vegetables and fruit, uh, the fruit is uh, the the fructose is not bad for you. It's it's good sugar. Uh, yeah. It just will be concentrated, absorbed by your body uh, quick, uh, like more quickly. However, I just thought of something else, super quick. Uh, it's like a healthy jam recipe. I think I might have told you before, but I, I really like making jam on a Sunday because I'm an old woman, and you know it's a small pleasure of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but jam from the store, because they want to keep it as a preservative, it's got a lot of pectin and a lot of sugar because it needs to be preserved. Um, but a healthy jam would be uh, so fruit. So you could have um, mango, raspberry, strawberry. I really like raspberry for this because, again, it's super potent. Um, with the chia seeds that we mentioned from the overnight oats, you could buy a big bag of chia seeds and use them like, more to use. Yeah. Um, and then honey and I would advise for this one don't get really expensive stuff like manuka honey you don't need that get the cheapo squeeze honey anything that's going to act as like a binding agent for the chia seeds maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of water um, and that's it you don't need to put loads in you can put a little bit of sugar in but you don't even need to because the fruit content has enough fructose um, cook that in a pan um, make sure you're just like always stirring consistently. Um, leave it to cool because then the chia seeds will bulk. Uh, stick it in like a small little pot and then you can have that on uh, your toast. And there's a bit of a crunch to it because the chia seeds, but if you like stuff with a little bit of a crunch, um, it's actually really nice. And there's something really valuable knowing that you're eating something healthy. Jam with a crunch. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. H-E seed recipe. I love it. Um, by the way, that's another point that I think is worth discussing here um, because we were discussing fruit and you were calling out fructose, right? Um, and, you know, I have a little bit of a problem with that because a lot of people are against sugar. Uh, and I understand that, especially sort of this processed sugar, right? Uh, and, you know, you don't want too much sugar uh, in all of your foods. But if you're like me, who has sort of quick digestion and, you know, needs to eat quite a lot just to keep walking, you know, I need I need some sugars and, you know, I get most of my sugars, as you're saying, from fruits. Uh, and now, you know, online and everywhere, you know, on YouTube, on TikTok, whatever, you will see people that will say, you know, carb free diets, which means, you know, no sugar. You know, like you were saying, keto, you know, fat, blah, blah, blah. Now, 
I want to call out all these damn people uh, and ask them, you know, show me a person that has gotten obese slash fat or, you know, basically added more weight by eating fruits, right? Just fruits. So eating apples, oranges, bananas, whatever. Show me a person that, you know, gained weight from eating too much fruit. Uh, I'm telling you, it's not going to be, you, you won't find it. So how the heck then is all of that, you know, sugar bad if, you know, I don't see it. So, and I'm, I'm telling not juicing and stuff, right? I'm just talking about real fruits. Eat an mm. apple, an orange, a banana. And if you can show me a person that has gotten obese slash unhealthy from that, I'm really interested to see that because I've never seen it. And I've never seen a person get fat from eating too much fruit. So I'm calling people out there. What are your thoughts about people who have insulin resistance, like people who are diabetic? Well, and they struggle that's to a very different that. game. Of course, if you're insulin, <laughs> if, you, if you have insulin problem, you have diabetes, then you're not part of the sample. I mean, then, you know, your body isn't processing all of these uh, sugars uh, correctly. And then you're not, you know, you're not a normal quote unquote person to, to sample this on because you have an insulin problem. Now, if you are then using insulin, again, this theory, I, I think, will hold, although... I was throwing a factor into your hypothesis here, just to check. <laughs> oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. Yeah, this won't hold for diabetes uh, people, diabetes one type of people. Uh, you know, this won't hold. But for any other person, you know, show me somebody that has gotten obese or gained weight from eating too much fruit. And I'm talking real fruit, not processed fruit, not juice actually oranges with skin and everything, you know, bananas, show me a person, they don't exist. So yeah, that's, you know, just an annoyance of myself that, you know, I found that, you know, sugar got such a bad name. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think the, the fact that sugar has a bad name is because, you know, it's kind of like uh, people see it as a, as, a, as a cause of inflammation in the body. But obviously sugar from fruits is natural for us okay back in you know primal days and caveman days we would be eating fruit off trees and whatever and harvesting i don't know you know how fruits have evolved um but you know this is really funny and i like i don't know if you'll find this interesting but yesterday i was going to the shop and uh, i saw these grapes that were like humongous and i was like those are not natural they were like made in a lab grapes are not mm. that big and you yeah. know what? I never see grapes with seeds anymore. You never see uh, seeded grapes anymore. They're all no. seedless. They're all like, you know, tested on and stuff. And this is a problem because let's say with, with the grapes, right? They, they only come seedless. So, but these seeds, they are a great source of fiber. So you're losing all that fiber, which will give you a sense of being full, uh, right? So now they, you know, all of these seeds are gone, but that also means that the nutritional value from, from grapes has changed humongously. And yeah, they're actually less fulfilling. So you, eat, you need to eat more of them and you get in more sugar. Uh, but, you know, you, you lose out all of these good aspects of, of these fruits. Uh, similar is with oranges, right? You know, uh, if, you, if you drink, uh, what, let's say, 200 milliliter of orange juice, right? That is like six oranges. Now, show me a person that can eat six oranges easily. It's heavy, right? Six oranges is a lot uh, if you eat them, you know. I eat three oranges a day. I eat three oranges a day. I cut them up and just eat them. Eat six in 30 seconds. It's impossible. 
it will fill you up for the rest no, of no, the day. No, no, 30 seconds, but I can eat six a day. No, but you drink, you <laughs> drink an orange day. juice in 30 five. seconds, right? That's the difference. Orange juice is absolutely worse for spiking your insulin. It's absolutely yeah. terrible to have in the morning. Like, yeah. oranges are great for you, great source of vitamin C, uh, but they, yeah, they will spike your blood sugar levels like nobody's business. Well, not if you just eat an orange. Uh, orange juice is really a problem. Yeah, orange juice, it says from concentrate. Uh, and you and you can tell when you've had fresh pressed orange juice to having like orange juice from a carton. You can tell the difference. It's like night and day or, you know, you've gone to a juice bar or whatever. Um, and it's funny, actually, um, there's a story of a guy who lives in Coventry that ate like eight, that eats like 80 bananas a day and he lost his legs <laughs> because he eats so many bananas. He lost his legs <laughs> because of eating too many bananas. Yeah. Yeah, because I used to eat loads of bananas at work and then someone said, oh my God, you don't want to end up like that guy in commentary who like, you know, doesn't have his legs anymore because he ate too many bananas. And I was like, oh, you're putting my, well, <laughs> you're putting my leg as a, as a joke here. But basically. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the link? What's the link there between eating too many bananas and uh, losing your legs? I don't know. Maybe like the potassium content is too high. His body was like, fuck that. Like, what's going on here? And his legs just dropped off. Interesting, interesting. This is a well, fable, clearly. It's just... Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, everything is poisonous if you eat too much from it. Um, or, yeah. True. So, true point, true point. Moderation. All right. Um, shall we go to the next uh, section of our, uh, of our podcast? Uh, you prepared some quiz questions for me. Uh, I do you know, have quiz questions you, for you. So we're going into a quiz style now, where Abigail uh, quiz, is going to quiz me on some cooking things, right? Now, hopefully, I'm not going to be like totally embarrassed because I don't know anything. So yeah, give it to me. Um, okay, so I tried to pick some questions that you would know. So things that are like maybe cultural i was like i'm not going to do that because i don't okay i want you to be embarrassed okay <clears throat> so Jochen, are you ready here's a question here's one that will resonate with the american audience what is coriander called in the usa oh i should know this uh uh sorry i need to pass on this one i really don't know it uh coriander coriander uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. It's, sorry. It's, it begins with C. It begins with C. It's cilantro. Cilantro, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Already minus one point. <laughs> no, oh, no. Okay, right. <laughs> I should know this. Very good question, though. I'm impressed. There we go. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Number two. Um, <laughs> what is the most stolen food in the world? The most stolen food. What about the food? What food do people try to smuggle in and out of countries normally? Ah, um, b -b 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 butter. No, cheese. Ooh, cheese. Yeah, all right. I should know that. I'm coming from a cheese country. Yeah, cheese. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you, Cheese. Well, I was thinking butter, but you know, it's close. <laughs> so half a point, maybe. It's close, no. Yeah. Uh, no, don't no, like right. that, I'm afraid. We're, we're strict today. Okay. We're strict. okay, minus two already. Minus two. We are. Minus two. Uh, number three. 
Um, pink lady is a type of what fruit? Apple. Yes. One point. Boom. <laughs> I love pink ladies. Yeah. Um, here's one that I thought would resonate with you. Um, peanut butter was turned into what mineral by scientists? Peanut butter was turned into what mineral by scientists? Uh, Jesus, I have no This is quite hard. This is quite yeah, hard. Yeah, it is quite hard. What a mineral? Diamond. A diamond. And why? Who knows? I have no idea how peanut butter can be turned into a diamond, but... Oh, factory. so they actually turned it into a diamond. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. I also love, by the way, uh, there's this, uh, a famous Dutch artist uh, who made the so-called peanut butter floor, uh, which was a piece of art called, okay. it was just a floor made of peanut butter. Um, yeah. Uh, and you can still check it out. I think it's still uh, insert. It was owned by the Stedelijk Museum uh, in uh, Amsterdam. I'm not sure if they have it on exposition mm. though, but uh, yeah. And it was basically to show <laughs> that anything can be art as long as you put it as you make it a little bit, you know, the right framing and sort of craziness, then it can be art. So a peanut butter floor can be art. And that was the point uh, that this, uh, this person made. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, actually looking up, like doing this, I, I, cause I looked this up as well. I was like, oh, I want to check if this is actually true. I found out that there's people that actually have a phobia of peanut butter getting stuck to the roof of their mouth. Woo. All right. Yeah. It. Well, that is, that can be harsh, right? Also when you're, you know, when you're doing podcasts or any, don't eat peanut butter before it, because you're going to have like dry mouth, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, you're going to be, you know, spitting feathers. <laughs> yeah. I had licorice before this podcast. I had a honing drop. Huh. The little sweeties one. that you've had before. That's good. That's yeah. good for your throat. Yeah. All right. I'm like, okay, very bad at quizzing apparently. So, you know, this isn't good for my reputation. But these but are I sweet these hard, hard questions. It's no, okay, I hard. don't care about my reputation. Okay. <laughs> um, number four. Yes. Uh, this is a funny one. In the film Ratatouille, the plot follows a rat that can cook. But what city is the film based in? Paris. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think I'm now at minus one. I'm at minus one. Minus one. Oh, no, I... I, no, I'll give you two. If you didn't, yeah, you're, you don't have any minuses. Let's be nice. You've got two points now. Oh, all right, cool. Two points. Okay. Uh, what is the result of whipping egg white? Uh, the result of egg whipping egg white uh, is some sort of foamy, foam thing. <laughs> well, I know you make like meringues and stuff like that from whipping eggs but yeah. uh so that yeah. would be the end result if you if you put it in the oven but it's some sort of yeah i don't know yeah it's a meringue yeah that's the point oh it it's is a meringue. meringue all right cool hey three yeah. points <laughs> three points let's go yo, okay. come, yo, come, yo, come. you're doing better you're doing better yeah you're yeah. doing better right i'm getting into it i'm getting okay. into it um I thought I'd ask some like more cultural questions because we have students from all over the place and I thought they might yeah. appreciate that. So, um, Aki and saltfish comes from what country? Aki and saltfish comes from what country? Um, salty fish, salty fish. I would say China. Jamaica. 
Jamaica. Ah, sorry, Jamaican people. Sorry, I should know. I actually <laughs> had a great. I had, I had coffee from Jamaica the other day. Uh, I got like a whole bag. Awesome, awesome coffee. So love them. Yeah. Yeah. Hard for Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this question is like true to my heart because it's my favorite food and I had to give it up um, when I became vegetarian. Mm. Uh, what pudding is made out of pig's blood? Uh, yes, this is uh, the British uh, pudding, but it's the British meat that you have on the Sunday roast thingy. Is that what you mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's called it. black yes. pudding. Boom! Four points. Yes. Nice, well thanks. <laughs> that came from far somewhere in my brain. I don't, you know, the algorithm in my head I was know. getting it from deep, deep. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think it's come from like a I Jamie Oliver impressed. episode. A Jamie Oliver episode, I remember <laughs> it now. So yeah, yeah. I'm impressed, well done. Thanks. Okay, on a similar vein, on a similar vein for question. What do you call sausages wrapped up in bacon? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, sausage is wrapped up in bacon. Uh, something with pigs. Pigs and rolls. Pigs something in... like that. Pigs in... I don't know. Sorry. Pigs in blankets. Pigs in blankets. Oh, come on. Yeah, I, I knew that. <laughs> pigs in... I love these places. You get places. off point because you got that. Pigs in blankets, yeah, I know that. You're getting that. better, yeah. you're getting better. Yeah, Big. and then I'm also vegetarian, right? So this is tough. I'm getting this from, you know, way back when I was well, still so eating am I. meat. Well, so am I, so am I. Yeah, right, true that, true that, true that, yeah. Uh, it's very British question, so to your Pigs in blankets, so, yeah. yeah. No, I love it, I love it. Okay, um, another one. Uh, in James Bond, how does Bond take his martini? Uh, shaken, not stirred. Well done. <laughs> too, Five and a too half Too much points. James Bond. Yeah, there you go. Cheers. Uh, do I have any more? Okay, I've got one more, but this is like, the question is, is a bit, um, is a bit, oh, I don't know why English today, um, contentious, is a bit contentious. Okay. okay. In which country was the hot dog invented? I would say... Uh, the hot dog, as it is, is invented in America, but I think it's actually German. So it's probably going to be a battle between America and Germany. Uh, and then since it's an English word, okay. I would say it's America. Okay, so this is from what I can tell is actually it's a battle between Austria and Germany. Ah, Okay. So apparently it was, uh, you know, founded as it were in Frankfurt and then the people that made, you know, founded it, then sold it to a fair in Chicago in America in like 18 mm. something. Uh, mm. but then there's also another thing that it was actually created in Austria. So yeah, that's why I was like, I'm, I'm not giving points for this question cause it's a bit of a contentious answer, but it's interesting that, you know, it's known as being an American thing, but then you'd have like a bratwurst or something. Uh, and yeah. then you'd have that as like a German But, thing. you know, probably in so. Germany or Austria, they wouldn't call it hot dog. So, you know, they probably call it heiße Hund or something like that. <laughs> well, they just call it a no, bratwurst. Bratwurst. Yeah, like, bratwurst, yeah. Bratwurst, yeah. All right. 
I love this quiz, See? Abigail. Awesome. Uh, and I scored how many points? You got five and a half. One, two, three, four, five and a half. Boom. Oh, All right. Yay. Awesome. Well done. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Awesome. We should put these quizzes more in more often. I love them. I love them. Yeah. All right. I, I like this so much. Let's just uh, go immediately to the hub date uh, slash cup date. Shall we do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't think we need a would you rather uh, for this one. No. This was awesome. So this was uh, way too good. Uh, another week of the hub date. Abigail, give me the tune. Uh, also known as the Harry style update. Now, after my humongous, um, bizarre, cock up. pretty <laughs> shaming cock up last week, uh, you know, I, I had to do better this week. Uh, and, you know, the problem, I needed to find some new news. So, luckily, this week, um, there is new news on Harry, uh, luckily, um, because, uh, you know, they interviewed somebody close to Harry. Uh, for this week's update. Um, I found this article uh, in the Daily Mail. Uh, it's from 8th of April, 2023, by Catherine Knight, which sounds super, uh, super fa uh, fashionous and interesting. Catherine Knight. She's a knight already. Um, and what happened is this week, you can't believe it, <laughs> they interviewed Harry Styles' mother at the Daily Mail. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now the title of this reads, and it's super long, he's the world's biggest heartthrob, but Harry Styles is most happy at home in Cheshire. Che Cheshire? Cheshire? <laughs> How the fuck do you say that? Cheshire? Cheshire. <laughs> Cheshire. See? Cheshire. <laughs> at home in Cheshire, where, in a rare interview, his proud mother says, <laughs> he's just like any other son, uh, the Shire. To share, where in a rare interview, Spider-Man says, he's just like any other son. The first thing he does when he gets home is raid the fridge. Who knew? Harry Styles raids the fridge when he gets home, uh, his mom's fridge. So when he goes to Cheshire, he... Uh, when he goes to fridge. Cheshire, wow. he raids the Cheshire. fridge of his mom. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I wonder if she's got any overnight oats. Well, let's ask, you know, we should, yeah, hopefully she got some overnight oats uh, for our, for a hunk, uh, Harry Styles. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, his mom, by the way, also said that, uh, moms don't always know, but that she always thought Harry Styles had something, um, some sort of X factor. That's what she always thought. And the something is a charisma that made him such a global superstar um, that he might easily be known by his Christian name alone were it not for a certain royal prince, Prince Harry. Do you know what? Well, I watched Drag Race so much that as soon as she said charisma, I was like, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. 
Well, and let's say, I mean, he is in the, you know, I think Harry can pull off a drag queen really good. Well, Ichiria, I mean, like, he's already experimented with women's fashion. Yeah. He's really, Same like me. yeah. So, yeah. You, you, yeah, you've got the legs for it. So. Yeah, and, you know, b below the screen here, I'm wearing a skirt. So. <laughs> you can't fat legs of most women, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, I need to shave them. So, yeah, anyway. Um, uh, let's see if there's something more on this. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, they, of course, again, start talking about all of his, uh, uh, girlfriends, but, uh, by the way, Harry is still 29. His uh, 30th birthday is next February, apparently. Uh, but yeah, he still comes to his mama's home and raids the fridge. Um, yeah. And he's just the same as he's always been. His mom says a very little boy. He was very much like he is now just a smaller version when he was younger. So he didn't change, according to his mom, but he always had the charisma and he still raids the fridge of his home. Absolutely riveting. I know, this is news, right? <laughs> this is the news. So Harry, uh, you know, if you're listening, and I know you are, just make sure that your mom uh, is also cooking, uh, following my HEC theory, uh, healthy, easy, and cheap. Um, you know, that is, uh, that's good for you, uh, because, uh, you know, we want to keep, uh, Harry in healthy conditions. We want because, the best for you. Yeah, yeah, we want the best for you. And I mean, I'm, I'm still going to look at Harry performing when he's like, you know, 60, 70, he's going to be like the new Mick Jagger. <laughs> so we need him in top shape. I think, yeah, I think he would be. Yeah. He will be. Definitely. Yeah. He will and be. You, he, he can't. He can't, you can't leave this mortal coil, Harry, and leave Joachim on his own. I mean, that would no. be cruel, actually. Can't so. do that. And, you know, uh, by the way, I'm just now looking at property in Cheshire. You know, I'm going to be living there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that woman who goes, I want some Roy Sister Cherie sauce. And we're like, a Worcester sauce. You know, Worcester sauce. Roy Sister Worcester. Who the fuck yeah. is Roy Sister Cherie? <laughs> yeah, or Leicester. <laughs> Leicester? Oh, my God. It's Leicester. Oh, they got Leicester Square. It's like, it's Leicester Square. <laughs> yeah. You know, here you see my, uh, my non-native uh, British uh, accent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Cheshire. Yeah, well, you know, uh, property prices will go up in Cheshire. Um, you know, when I'm there, I'm going to be also raiding the fridge of uh, Mama Styles. I'm really uh, looking forward to that. And again, Daily Mail and Catherine Knight specifically thanks for this wonderful news i mean this is you know wow uh we have wars going on uh there's lots of stuff in the world and you know harry still raids the fridge of his mom that's the best thing i've heard this week no that's just sarcasm i love I oh love don't stuff. be demeaning she's just trying to do a job <laughs> sorry catherine yes you're right we're all trying to do our job and we are actually you know, using Catherine. So we shouldn't be the ones that are complaining here uh, because we're using her content again for our podcast. So probably we're the worst uh, ones uh, to be calling this out anyway. Such scavengers, aren't we? Yeah. We are scavengers. Yeah, 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 we are. We are. But um, Harry, uh, you know, next time you're in Cheshire, uh, I'm going to, you know, come by uh, in Coventry. Uh, we'll meet you there. Uh, we can give you a tour. Uh, you can also rate my fridge. And, uh, you know, uh, happy games. Happy days. 
I'm sure he'll look forward to that. He'll look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's every day I'm checking my email. He never writes. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm a little... <laughs> you never not... write, you never call, you never send me flowers. No, you know. <laughs> but then I thought, I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand. No, uh, we're going to call out this, uh, we're going to end this episode now. Um, this was our episode on cooking number two. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Abigail, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. I've learned a lot from your HEC theory. HEC um, theory. Which I, which I was already doing anyway, so perhaps I'm the pioneer here. Yeah, um, you are. Actually, but, yeah. you know. But we're on TikTok, Walkie Talkie uh, podcast. You can find us there. You can see nice clips of us sitting, actually. Uh, so you can see sort of the environment uh, that we're in, uh, uh, either online in a digital environment or in a real-time environment. We also have clips of that uh, so you can see us. Um, and uh, yeah, anything else? Next week, another episode, of course. Uh, if you're, you know, you can also, uh, you know, look back at some of the earlier episodes. We have a couple of seasons lining up for you. Uh, and, you know, share it with your friends and, uh, and family. Uh, it's a great way, uh, especially during studies uh, still. But, you know, whenever you want. It's fun. Abigail, um, anything we need to say to our lovely audience? Not about cooking, but I was going to add something. It might not be relevant, but I was going to send it to you today. Um, that uh, Kim Kardashian will be in the next season of American Horror Story, which is pretty big, actually, because it's a really big... Um, show developed by Ryan Murphy, who did the recent uh, Dharma series on Netflix. So she'll be joining Emma Roberts for the next season. And it's super interesting because we'll get to see her act properly. And it's a really dark, gritty show. So I'll be interested to see how she takes to it. So yeah, interesting. that's kind of like a cup date from me. Yeah, maybe you should do the cup dates. I do the hub dates. This is a, and when is this airing? Or do they still need to record this? They will actually need to film it, yeah. But she's been announced to, to be on the season, um, which is obviously causing a lot of kind of uh, speculation and, and sort of talk because she's not super popular at the moment. The Kardashians are kind of falling off, uh, especially Kim herself is not doing great. Um, Kylie Jenner's not doing great. Um, just look at their Instagram likes. They're not like they used to be. Nope. Um, so I wonder if she's doing this as a sort of way to try to... to um, Here's my like lecturing thing coming through now. She's doing this as a way to kind of like, you know, <laughs> save get mainstream face again. And move yeah. her career to something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get mainstream again. And she's using a showrunner who's really got great ties with Netflix uh, to do that. Interesting. Wow. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it's because she, you know, dyed her hair blonde, which we already discussed in this episode, right? It might be, you know, the result of that uh but uh yeah anyway that was that was courtney kardashian beloved not kim kardashian oh. the three of them sorry yeah <laughs> I, you kim. know you can put these people in a lineup i won't even recognize them so you know i'm not you know harry styles i'll pick out of 10 men easily but you know kim kardashian you know will be too tough for me i i have no clue how the, how the woman looks like but okay that was the other kardashian that was blonde that was or Courtney. Was it you that cast a spell? We don't know. <laughs> I'm always casting spells. You're casting spells. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, this was it for this week. Abigail, uh, you have the last word. Uh, people, see you next week. 
Bye. Boom. <laughs>